Welcome to Real Time, the podcast for and about realtors presented by the Canadian Real Estate Association. I'm Erin Davis, and I'm delighted to be your host for these informative, enlightening, and often groundbreaking discussions about everything going on in your world now, how far we've come, and equally importantly, what's around the corner. So let's dig in. Realtor.ca is Canada's most popular and trusted real estate platform. Developed and operated by CREA, Realtor.ca helps realtors and their listings achieve greater exposure while providing an easier, more accessible experience for property buyers, sellers, and renters. But it's more than that. On this episode of Real Time, we're going to explore the evolution of listing sites and how Realtor.ca has staked its claim as a leading platform beyond listings. We'll look at the future of Canada's real estate landscape, new innovations on the horizon, and how Realtor.ca will continue to add value to best serve realtors and their clients. We are so pleased today to have with us two people who know Realtor.ca inside out. So let's welcome them here on Real Time. Hi, Aaron. Uh, Patrick Pichette, Vice President, Realtor.ca. So I'm the Vice President at Korea, who is responsible for... Um, our technology offering, which obviously includes our flagship product, Realtor.ca. And this month is my uh, 10th year anniversary with this wonderful organization. Wow, the changes you've seen, and we'll be talking about (laughs) those for sure. And Andrew, sir. Hi. Hey. (laughs) Nice to meet you. Thanks for having us, Aaron. Um, I'm Andrew Jackson. I'm the head of business development at Korea. Uh, I myself joined about three years ago, and I primarily focus on developing partnerships and uh, commercialization strategies. Okay. Now, before we get too far into our conversation today, can we clarify the difference between an MLS system and Realtor.ca? And Patrick, you can lead us off into this. Yeah, that's that's a great place to start, Aaron. Um, it's a question that comes up a lot, even within our membership. So um, let's take a second to talk about what is an MLS system? So without getting too technical, an MLS system is a uh, cooperative uh, selling system that is operated by a local real estate board or association. So the Ottawa Real Estate Board operates an MLS system. Uh, Victoria, where you live, Aaron, uh, they operate an MLS system. So um, some are local and um, some are province-wide, like in Nova Scotia, for example. So as a member of a board, you get access to an MLS system and you can share um, your listings with other realtors. Um, the MLS systems also contain all sorts of detailed information and tools that are, are really geared towards the realtors. Realtor.ca, on the other hand, is not an MLS system. This is where uh, people get confused. So Realtor.ca is a uh, national listing portal where consumers can view the listing info that is stored in these various systems across the country. So essentially, every realtor represented listing across Canada, uh, residential, commercial, and even some rentals, as long as uh, they are shared within this local uh, cooperative, will appear on Realtor.ca. So it's Realtor.ca's role to engage consumers and be that that one-stop research destination, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And and Andrew, that's really where you come in, the sort of the consumer facing angle of the whole thing. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, I I focus primarily on sourcing partnerships that are really going to enhance the experience for consumers on Realtor.ca. 
um, but also um, deepen the value to our members, right? So any partnership that we entertain, um, the first and foremost question is really, where does this contribute to member value? What is this doing um, for the member, right? And you can imagine that our phone rings off the hook um, because of how popular Realtor.ca is. And, and oftentimes people are like, yeah, man, we'd love to, you know, put our thing there up on Realtor.ca. Yet sometimes those, often actually, those calls don't really have a clear value proposition to our members, so they don't really go anywhere. But um, a lot of them um, have, right? And so we've we've been able to bring a number of exciting partnerships uh, and consumer experiences to bear. Can you give us an example? Well, yeah, I think, you know, Patrick, I'm just thinking of all the things that we've been sort of adding even over the course of the pandemic to the viewing experience. I know you wanted to touch on a couple of those. Yeah, I think uh, just really quickly, one that comes to mind is the the partnership with uh, TD Bank. So, you know, we know we know that consumers will visit various sources of data before making any kind of decision. Actually, there's some research that indicates that the average consumer will look at 11 different sources before making a decision. So we know that, yes, they're coming to Realtor.ca. Um, they're probably looking at other real estate sites. They're going to their bank website to see how much they can afford. Uh, they're going to social media. They're going to look up editorial content on sites like the Globe and Mail and so on. So um, the beauty about a partnership like TD Bank, uh, in this case, when a consumer visits the site to go find out um, how much they can afford, uh, and they do that by using their uh, mortgage affordability calculator, once they get that ideal range of a mortgage, TD will then um, show them listings uh, from realtor.ca that fall within that range. So the idea is that whether... A consumer is on TD or Scotiabank, which is another partner, or Kijiji or the Globe and Mail, or they're on Microsoft Bing or on social media, that the information that they're seeing is consistent and that it's up to date. So uh, that's why we value these partnerships very much. It helps give credibility to that realtor-generated information. When we come back, how Realtor.ca came to be. You know, I'm sure you've heard the old saying that charity begins at home. And no one knows or exemplifies this better than the people we trust to sell and find our homes. You, the realtor. By volunteering and raising funds across the country, realtors play meaningful roles in the communities where you work and live. Let us know how you're giving back by sharing your story at realtorscare.ca, won't you? Now back to Patrick and Andrew on real time. So gentlemen, how did most consumers navigate listings prior to the advent of realtor.ca? Patrick, let's go back in the Wayback Machine and when did this start? <laughs> <laughs> and and, and was it like renderings of condos on cave walls? Like what, what were we looking at? <laughs> Almost. I, I, uh, I love the fact that you're going there because I love telling the story. But uh, before Realtor.ca was launched in uh, 1995, there was no single source uh, website in Canada for real estate information. So you had to scroll through individual brokerage websites to see what was available. And keep in mind that we're talking about the early 90s. So there was very few brokerages that had a website. So Really, the other option was to go directly to a brokerage office or even to the mall to see those, you know, one pagers that are pinned up against the wall. And I think we still see those one pagers today. But back then, that was your best option, that and driving around and, and you know, looking for lawn signs. But uh, 
you know, going back to 1995, the, the leadership back then made the really wise decision to launch a, a national website where consumers could see what was available uh, in the market. So regardless of uh, which broker represented the listing or which franchisor was doing the promotion, consumers now had a single source, you know, to access that information. However, the site was very uh, primitive back in 1995. So most listings did not even include uh, a single photo and most listings did not even include uh, an address, right? So address was not a mandatory piece of information for Realtor.ca. So uh, you would literally have <laughs> some listings that would have no photo, no address. It would kind of be a message like, uh, you know, I have a, a listing, uh, detached home, 1,500 square feet, three bedrooms, you know, call me for more information. So that was the model back then. So if I understand this correctly, it's kind of become the obverse, if you will, because in 1995, realtors were driving consumers to listings. But now, as we see some 27 years later, it's listings driving to realtors. Is that about right, Andrew? Absolutely. Like Realtor.ca is honestly one of the greatest uh, pieces of member value that Korea delivers to the Realtors of Canada. And the, you know, how that translates is in um, enormous amounts of, of leads generated um, as consumers continue to come to Realtor.ca. The listing agent is always uh, clearly displayed uh, alongside a listing. Our mission there is to generate leads for um, our members. So, you know, it really has created this um, great sort of virtuous circle sort of scenario. Mm. Well, okay, then what differentiates the platform from other real estate sites, Andrew? Well, I mean, the way that I'd frame that question is actually to reflect kind of what I'm hearing from the partners that approach us, because of course, in my role, um, you know, partners are contacting us and they're considering their options. And so I often hear from them as to, you know, this is why uh, we picked um, Realtor.ca. And it really comes down to three things that I hear pretty consistently. First of all, that it's the most comprehensive. So it has listings from every real estate board across Canada. Um, secondly, it's the most popular site. It is the most visited real estate website in Canada. Um, and I'm sure that Patrick has some Comscore um, data that will support that, but that trend has actually just been continuing to grow. Um, but third, you know, I think this is really important, perhaps most important, is that it's the most trusted website by both consumers and realtors. And I think a big part of that is because of our ownership as a member-based organization uh, in Korea. You know, and, and even if you think about the name, it's Realtor.ca. So Realtor is at the core of this. Um, it means that the data um, that is coming from our members, it's trusted data, the business model of the, the website and the intentions are all trusted. I'm a bit of a numbers geek. Patrick, do you have at your fingertips some of the numbers for the people who went to Realtor.ca in 2021 by any chance? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Andrew mentioned the Comscore numbers. Uh, Comscore is, uh, is an independent company that monitors web traffic in pretty much every industry, including ours. And uh, Realtor.ca in 2021 had 45% market share, meaning 45% of all traffic to Canadian real estate websites and apps uh, went to Realtor.ca. 
Another uh, great example is uh, CIRA, which is the uh, Canadian agency that manages the .ca top-level domain. And mm-hmm. uh, they recently came out with their quarterly report and indicated that Realtor.ca is the sixth most visited .ca. So not just real estate, but all domains. So it's ahead of sites like cbc.ca and walmart.ca. So, you know, just to build on what Andrew was saying, this is great news for our members because they own uh, a powerhouse brand that is uh, trusted by Canadians. And the fact that the site is called realtor.ca and that Canadians are spending so much time on this site does help keep our members top of mind with consumers. And the second benefit uh, of of realtor.ca and why it's driving so much value is definitely the leads. Um, In 2021, we sent uh, about 6 million email and phone leads to our members. And the great thing is that these leads, uh, you know, go to them with at, at no additional cost. So everything is included in their member dues. So this is something that is unique anywhere in the world. You know, the fact that members own the leading portal and that they don't have to pay to get those leads and business opportunities. Yeah. And we're going to talk in a moment. Uh, we'll compare Canada and Realtor.ca to other, let's say, neighbors. But what are the alternatives that are out there? I mean, if people weren't going to Realtor.ca, what other options are there? Andrew? Consumers often will go to uh, a number of different websites, you know, on their home buying journey, right? I think, you know, Patrick, what, it's like on average 11 or something like that? Yeah, 11. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we know that consumers are going to get exposure to all sorts of different websites, and that's actually part of our strategy as well, right? So we actually have a um, – you can think of it as a syndication service where a member who's choosing to share their listing on Realtor.ca can also make the choice to have us distribute that to a number of partner websites that we do business with, right? Mm-hmm. And in fact, you know, if you were to look at the top 10, let's say, real estate websites in Canada, I believe the number is something like eight of those are in fact powered by Realtor.ca. Um, and they also, by the way, display a badge uh, proudly to do that because what it does for the consumer is they can see that badge and they can know that they're dealing with you know the real, legit um, listing information right from uh, realtors. And CREA is taking advantage of the, as you have put it, the purity of its model and intent for its members as well, yes? Yeah, I think like the when a member organization can really tap into, you know, who it is and who it isn't, and that's what we've really done with Realtor.ca, they can really differentiate on sort of a vector that others can't touch, which is that it is that purity of the model. They are there strictly for the creation of member value, right? And mm-hmm. um, I've, I've actually worked at other uh, not-for-profits that, you know, have had – um, businesses that had the same sort of, you know, structure at play. And, and what it really allows for those businesses to do is really punch way above its weight class, if you will, um, and compete with much larger and often more capitalized entities. When we return with Patrick Pichette and Andrew Jackson, we're going to talk about how Realtor.ca stacks up against the global landscape. And it's really encouraging. There's something about sharing a cup of warmth and comfort with each other that's really connecting. And at Korea Cafe, you are connected with each other, as well as the latest news and stats, legal matters, and advocacy updates. It's all right here at koreacafe.ca. 
Grab a mug of what moves you and join in. Now back to Real Time with Andrew and Patrick comparing real estate portals and how Canada shines. So looking to other parts of the world, how does Canada stack up in terms of these types of sites or services for consumers? How does Realtor.ca, for example, compare to other real estate portals across the globe? Patrick? We actually stack up uh, very, very well when you you look at the landscape globally. Um, So I'll use the U.S. as an example, um, where the picture is actually somewhat different. So in Canada, the large majority of licensees are realtors, meaning that they have a license, but they're also members of a local real estate board, a provincial association, and CREA. So uh, in Canada, Realtor.ca, with the MLS systems and their rules for cooperation, are supporting most transactions. In the U.S., the industry is much more fragmented. So only about 50% of licensees are realtors, meaning that they're you know members of a a local association and are using the local MLS system. Uh, on top of that, there's about 600 different associations and MLS organizations uh, in the States. And they also have a wide range of different portals. There isn't really an equivalent to Realtor.ca. So it's nearly impossible to get a full national view of the marketplace um, in the U.S. One of these portals um, is Realtor.com. But unlike here... Realtor.com is not owned by the National Association. It's actually owned by uh, News Corp, right, which is a big media company. It owns mm-hmm. uh, the New York Post, the Wall Street Journal, and, and many other publications. So obviously it operates under a different model than Realtor.ca. So at the end of the day, what a CREA member gets for their $310 a year in member dues, a U.S. realtor will be paying thousands of dollars to Realtor.com and other portals. Okay. And those are U.S. dollars, of course. That is a huge difference. We are almost one-stop shopping, not to simplify it too much. And they're having to jump through all kinds of hoops and barriers and come up against walls and confusion. So it paints a much better picture for where we are. Or am I being biased? I don't think you're being biased. I think that's exactly the case, right? I, I think that, in fact, again, you know, when... when um you know, various partners approach us and they, they kind of, once they're educated on how on the Canadian landscape, they're like, man, wow, you guys have got a great here. <laughs> so what does competition in the Canadian market mean for you, Andrew? Well, I mean, more pressure for one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but listen, competition is an indicator of a vibrant and healthy market. And it is always welcomed. And honestly, uh, it's vital to everyone bringing their best game. You know, that's the way that we view it. Um, and, and for us, it means, you know, paying really close attention to important innovations and, and particularly those that I would say tap into, you know, kind of recent consumer phenomenon or trends. And I got to tell you, like this past two plus years has just been unprecedented in terms of, you know, changing consumer expectations, not only because of how much we've been doing remotely in the pandemic, but also demographic shifts and the, the you know, different expectations that come along with that. Listen, buying and selling a home in today's markets is different than it, it was you know, several years ago, right? So all of that has, we can see, um, has led to continued innovation. And um, we think that that competition is, is bringing out the best in everybody. 
Yeah, and we have heard from some of our guests already in 2022 about just how the pandemic just sort of catapulted us into a future that we weren't expecting to be in for another, well, I don't know, five or 10 years. So it's it's really been a, a strong and positive catalyst. Absolutely. I mean, it, it's almost science fiction, like it, it, like how you could fast forward so quickly, right? And now, you know, other, these new ways have just become the new norm. It, it is unreal. Yeah, warp speed. So let's look to the future then, both short and long term, if we can. What's next for real estate transactions in Canada? Like what tools, technologies and innovations mm-hmm. can we expect to engage with in the future to enhance the buying, selling and listing experience? And we'll start with you, Patrick, please. You know, Andrew just touched on this. A second ago, the, the COVID pandemic uh, accelerated the adoption of uh, several technologies that uh, were still somewhat fringe um, before the pandemic, right? So an example would be uh, digital signatures, for example, right? So instead of meeting the client in person, um, you know, doing that remotely, um, we're seeing a strong uptake there, about 15% uh, uh, every year. Um, another great example um, is using live streaming Platform so uh, Facebook Live, uh, Instagram, and and so on um, to do showings to do open houses. So um, when the pandemic started, nobody was doing this. We had zero live streaming open houses that were being promoted on Realtor.ca. And in a matter of weeks into the pandemic, uh, there were literally thousands of uh, virtual live streaming open houses that, that were being promoted. So that's an example of a, a technology that we saw maybe, uh, you know, was going to be four or five years out that really uh, picked up some steam. Uh, we saw a, a, a bigger uptake in uh, uh, video and, and 3D tours, right? So mm-hmm. uh, before the pandemic, only about 15% of listings on Realtor.ca included a video or 3D tour or an interactive uh, floor plan. Um, that quickly doubled to uh, 30%. So in terms of the short term, we're, we're paying uh, attention big time to virtual reality. This is something that... Uh, uh, you know, hopefully all members are paying attention to. Yes, it's still uh, early on in this technology. It, it's, you know, we've all seen the wearables, the headsets, it's still kind of clunky looking, but uh, that, the hardware is going to become friendlier. Um, you know, 5G broadband is going to help as well. And, and I really think virtual reality uh, is primed to impact our uh, our industry. So yeah, in terms of the short term, um the train has left the station when it comes to consumers expecting digital interactions. So uh, realtors need to get comfortable with integrating um, these kind of technologies into their uh, day-to-day practices. Now, when it comes to, you know, long-term, you know, Aaron, it depends how far into the future you want to go. But I, I think one day somebody will own real estate in, in outer space. But, uh, you know, maybe <laughs> that, that's probably uh, too far out for this conversation. But uh, I would say pay attention to, uh, you know, the early signals like you're hearing a, a new set of buzzwords, right? Uh, cryptos, NFTs, uh, metaverse. metaverse. Yeah, metaverse. Yeah. yeah, good one. So and I know it all sounds goofy right now, but, you know, it's like being back in 1995, right? The Internet was new. It was clunky. Uh, we were told that it was just a fad. Uh, we were told it was for scammers, so we need to stay off the internet. Uh, and then we had the dot-com bubble that burst in 2000. 
And uh, yeah, most of the dot-com projects disappeared, but the underlining technology of the internet gave rise to the digital age that we're living in today. So listen, we're in 2022 now. Um, just last month, a house in the U.S. sold as an NFT for the first time. Uh, people are buying real estate in the metaverse. Uh, millennials are buying crypto. I mean, I, I saw uh, a survey by CNBC this week that, uh, and I know we're just talking about millionaires, but 83% of millionaire millennials have invested uh, in crypto. So yes, it's early. <laughs> These are just signals and I'm not saying that, you know, you need to run out and start engaging in all this, but take the time to understand the technology behind it, right? Yeah, yeah. Just Google your questions. Invest the time now to learn about this stuff. Become literate because uh, it could pay off, you know, in five years from now. Yeah, and Andrew, you've found that, that crypto is even hitting close to home I, for I you. was going to say, or have kids that can stay literate for you because my, <laughs> <laughs> my 15-year-old is, uh, you know, comes home and talks about the crypto club at his high school. <laughs> oh, and he's not talking about a chess club or AG no. club anymore. It's a crypto club. That's fascinating. Well, you, you know, Andrew, you know what's, you know what's happening is we're, we're becoming our parents. I know. So remember, remember our parents, how scared they were to uh, put their credit card number into a website or do online banking, and they kind of rolled their eyes. We're, yeah. Our generation's doing the same thing now with crypto and NFTs and so on. <laughs> I think we're all looking for signs that it's safe. And when Realtor.ca says it's safe, then I'll believe you. Yeah, well, we're not quite there yet. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll, I'll keep an eye on it. So how do we see Realtor.ca evolving to add even more value to consumers? There's been a reference of Realtor.ca kind of shifting its focus from search to research. Now, explain to me, and I know this is going to be easier than non-fungible tokens or crypto, but whoa, <laughs> thank you. What does that mean? Yes, it is easier to explain. And it's something that we've been using internally as well with the team is, is the shift from uh, search to research. So it's, it's kind of like, you know, again, if we go back to 1995, uh, Realtor.ca uh, listings, you know, for the most part had no pictures, uh, had no address. And uh, 25 years later, it's evolved into this national portal. So, you know, the evolution will continue. And the next big step for us is, is to transition Realtor.ca from a a search to a, a research tool. So what does that mean exactly? Well, I can give you an example. Currently, everything that's available for sale on Realtor.ca, so everything that's represented by a, a realtor, obviously, you know, it, it's on Realtor.ca uh, when it's for sale. But th the moment that the listing comes off the market, there is no information left on the site, right? So right. one day you're looking at 123 Main Street in Victoria and the next day the listing is gone and you don't know why. So yeah. that is a major pain point for consumers and it forces them to go elsewhere to get that information, right? Because ultimately the consumer will always find uh, what they're looking for and they're quite comfortable in doing their own research. Consumers uh, want the history. They want to know how much a house sold for. They uh, want the comparables. They want to know things like, you know, this house I've been looking at, you know, is it still available or is it actually conditionally sold? So they expect to get all this kind of information on Realtor.ca. And again, they're quite comfortable in doing their own research. And this shift, believe it or not, is also going to help our members because their value is not in answering basic questions about a property. Their value is to be a trusted advisor 
um, help their clients understand what all that information means, mm-hmm. help them navigate the process of buying or selling, and help them make um, the right decision. We'll be back with Patrick Pichette, VP of Realtor.ca, and Andrew Jackson, CREA's Head of Business Development, in a moment. Looking into the future and what might not be happening. The Real Time Podcast is brought to you by the Canadian Real Estate Association, and you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We cover a wide array of fascinating topics, and for a list of guests and what we've already talked about, go to crea.ca slash podcast or subscribe on your favorite platform. Now back to our guests and the future as we see where we're going, but perhaps most crucially, what we're holding on to. So I need you guys to do a little bit of crystal ball gazing, if you will. What are the real estate predictions that everybody is betting on? that you think won't happen. Andrew, I'm going to ask you to go first on this one. Well, you know, I don't know what everyone is betting on, but, um, you know, you you do quite often hear people question or, or even sometimes realtors themselves reflect on, you know, concerns about what is, you know, they're, they're maintaining their value proposition uh, in amongst, you know, this world of all this innovation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that people completely sometimes underestimate the importance and the value um, of their advice. You know, uh, people are going to, and they do, continue to seek advice from those experienced individuals on, on what is one of the most substantial and increasingly complex transactions in their lives, right? Mm-hmm. Um, our research continues to show that. Uh, in spades, and so I, I really, I really think that the the realtor and the the core value proposition of knowledge and advice, uh, whether you're on the buying side or whether you're on the selling side, um, is very much there, right? And we're all about innovation, as you've been hearing and listening to some of the things that, you know, we've we've made progress on over the the ten years that Patrick has been here and beyond, <laughs> and and the next ten years, right? And so we're going to continue to innovate. It's in our mission, um, but we're never going to lose sight of that core value proposition um, that is working with an experienced realtor. Amen. Patrick? Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Uh, I think there's um, um, a lot of people who are counting on the displacement of, of realtors. Um, a lot of companies, too, and Andrew gets these calls on a daily basis. But, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm betting that is not going to happen. Uh Realtors will continue to be an essential part of the transaction. Uh, now, yes, technology will take over um, the admin side of the business. So, uh, you know, how research is done, sharing information with clients, um, marketing, uh, back and forth on paperwork and so on. But, um, you know, and realtors have to be ready to integrate technology uh, into the, the process-oriented part of their businesses. But, you know, there's always going to be a human side to the transaction and buying and selling a home uh, is a very emotional journey. So there's always going to be a role for realtors to be that trusted advisor. And in this age where we're so used to diagnosing ourselves on Dr. Google and all of those things, a lot of us are used to doing a lot of the legwork on our own, aren't they, Andrew? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that that is, you know, demographics support that even you know more so, right? Like, I, I mean, you know, Every generation younger than me basically is, 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 you know, they're used to picking up their phone and solving their own problems, right? Or at least running with the ball 
far <laughs> enough along until they reach those junctures where they really want the value add of of someone um, who's who's been there, done that, right? And yeah. that's where they look for that experience. Yeah, and it is an emotional journey too, and not one that you should take on your own. No, I mean, listen, like, who has bought or sold a house in the last couple of years? It's complicated. <laughs> like, you, you need a strategy. You need a winning strategy, right? And I think that that's where a lot of this value is, is in helping to determine what's going to be the right strategy for you, what's worked, you know, in this circumstance, and, and what could be effective. So absolutely. Let me ask you, Patrick, if you had one thing that you wished realtors knew or would take away from Realtor.ca or use on Realtor.ca, what would it be? I would say, uh, and, and most realtors don't know this, but um, you know, going that extra mile and adding something to your listing like a 3D tour, for example, uh, actually has a significant impact on lead conversion. So earlier I mentioned that, great, you know, we're up to 30% of listings now that include a video or a, an interactive floor plan, a, a 3D tour. Uh, that's great, but there's still 70% of listings that don't. So, you know, I that that's a takeaway. I hope that realtors will uh, will take with them. Uh, what I can share is that um, listings that have that extra level of of interactive content uh, are 50% more likely to convert into a lead, and and that's something that we see across the board. Whether it's um, you know adding a video or it's adding uh, just more information about the neighborhood or, um, you know, more information about the, the listing. At the end of the day, a consumer that's better informed is going to be more engaged and are more likely to convert into a lead. That's huge. Listings with virtual content, 50% more likely to convert to a lead than one without. That is huge. And when you talk about historical info, what does that entail? Like what it sold for five years ago? Or what are you looking for there, Patrick? Gosh, there's so many data points that you can provide about a home. And, and if you look at Realtor.ca, not all listings are created equal. So, you know, it, it could be, yeah, sure, uh, uh, sold price history. It could be information on the taxes. Uh, it could be uh, information uh, about the neighborhood, the, the schools nearby, condo fees. I mean, if you did a scan of Realtor.ca, you'll see that uh, as you're going through one listing to the next, you're going to come across uh, a lot of gaps. Uh, th- there's still some listings uh, that, you know, will have one or no picture. That is still happening in, in, in 2022. So, Right. That tells me you do not want to see the inside of that house. Am I wrong? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But again, the, the takeaway is, is that uh, a, a consumer that's better informed, that's better engaged, you're building the trust with them. They're more likely to call you. Um, to be that trusted advisor. They're not looking at realtors as kind of gatekeepers to information. And I think that's a myth that, um, you know, we need to break through. Andrew, as we look at this from a consumer point of view, we are in the age of TL, semicolon, DR, too long, didn't read. Can a realtor provide too many details? Can you give people too much information? Because I don't think that's possible. What do you think? I was going to say we're also in the in the world of you know uh, uh, scrolling with our thumbs pretty quickly. So (laughs) uh, I agree with you. I I think um, you know I I think that people have become sort of natural editors, and so that they can kind of flip through and digest a whole lot of information really quickly and pull out the pieces that they think are really important. So I think what's interesting about this journey from search to research is that. 
And we've seen this also, you know, accelerated over the past couple of years where people are not just um, using the site, you know, when they're in the midst of a transaction, right? They're also now using this in, in you know, as uh, part of, you know, their dreaming process, right, mm-hmm. about the future um, or part of their curiosity process about what's going on in their neighborhood, um, or, you know, you name it. And so that's the, that's the shift that we saw is, and that's what's driving our consumer growth is that people are, you know, turning to this more, even sometimes if it's just for entertainment value, right? Um, because it's all very interesting and educational stuff. And that's why you're saying that you're hoping that people keep coming back to Realtor.ca for the innovations that are currently and going to be happening. Yeah, I, I think that we're taking this direction that Patrick talks about, you know, the, the shift away from search to research very seriously. And, um, you know, there's just so, so much um, that that vector holds. And uh, we can't wait to bring it all out to you. Well, we can't wait either. You guys, <laughs> hold a spot. <laughs> okay, before we say goodbye for now, what single piece of advice would you give our listeners today to help them stay successful as this market continues to evolve? And Patrick, we'll begin with you. Well, I'll, I'll give you one very uh, actionable and, and easy piece of advice. Uh, when it comes to keeping up with the market and with technology, there are no shortcuts. Take the time to do some research. Um, you know, I'm, I, I hope that this podcast today has uh, stimulated some questions and I'm sure everybody will leave, will be leaving, um, you know, uh, with some some questions about some things they heard. But take the time, go to Google your questions, go to YouTube. Anything that we talked about today, there's probably a thousand videos on that topic. So just get in the habit of taking that 10, 15 minutes a day. Um, do some research. And if you do that, you'll be in the 1% club when it comes to knowledge around the latest tech trends and how it can help your business. Mm-hmm. And Andrew? Here's what I would say, Aaron. Um, I, I, I think that when you are really confident um, in your own core value proposition, right, when you know that people turn to you in those critical transactions and they need the advice, they want the advice, they want to bounce off ideas, they want to develop a winning strategy, right? And when, when you know that those things are all there and going to remain true, then you can really, I think, lean into change, you know, you can lean into these innovations. You can lean in and you, you don't even have to like become an expert in it, but you can just be a little bit more relaxed about, you know, learning about these things and, um, you know, continue to build your own relevant experiences. And, um, and that's the balance that I would advise. And it should be fun, right? And it should be fun. It is fun. <laughs> as we have had today and proven. So thank you so, so much for joining us today. And I can't wait to hear what's next. Well, thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you very much, Aaron. Awesome. It was. And our thanks again to Patrick Pichette, Vice President, Realtor.ca, and Andrew Jackson, CREA's Head of Business Development, for their insight and enlightenment. Real Time is a presentation of the Canadian Real Estate Association. And on our next episode, we'll be discussing mental health awareness. You're not going to want to miss it. Real Time is a production of Real Family and Rob Whitehead and Alphabet Creative. I'm Erin Davis. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll talk to you here again next time on Real Time.